Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Bars. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast, half-full editor. Joining me, as always, is my colleague and co-host, David Wondrich. Howdy. How are you doing today, Dave? I'm doing very well. And yourself? Pretty hot. I'm not going to lie. Summer is in full effect in New York. Oh, Um, it's disgusting here. And I have to say, you know, once the air conditioners go on, all I'm craving is a Tom Collins. It is, for me, the drink of summer. I mean, I, you know, it's, there's nothing else that, that fits the bill. Especially a really big one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. My, my problem with many of them is too small. Back in the 30s, Charles Baker, Charles H. Baker, the great uh, uh, drinks writer and traveler sure. and raconteur and everything, had a rule that, you know, uh, they should be made in like 24-ounce glasses. <laughs> and uh, I like them in a 24-ounce glass yeah. myself. Gin, lemon juice, sugar, soda water, ice, and like, I mean, if I could get it in a quart glass, I would oh, want yeah. it in a quart glass. I mean, I think the genius of it is that, you know, it has the soda water, which, you know, I crave all the time anyway. The citrus is also really good for the hot weather. Mm-hmm. A little sugar kind of rounds it out. And then you have the gin and the botanicals. And sort of gin is, I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, we drink gin all year in all types of cocktails. But there's something about the warm month. It's very refreshing. Particularly ironic since... I mean, this is a British drink, and gin, you know, for the most part, is a British spirit. Yeah. And in Britain, they have what, like one day of summer, like you yeah. know, one week of summer. The, the, the last time I was in, in uh, London on a hot day, people were taking their shirts off and sitting <laughs> against buildings <laughs> in the sun. Right. They were like, "Oh my God, there's was, sun!" Right. You know, it was I like, remember like business people. <laughs> I remember being in <laughs> Scotland like uh, like ten years ago, over ten years to, rec- yeah. to research my first book. And it was this crazy heat wave, you know. Was, I mean, yeah. it wasn't that hot. It was basically a typical July day in New York. 82. And there were all the news reports in the front page of all the, the newspapers were literally stories about what sunscreen was and how to apply it <laughs> and why it's necessary. And I was like, <laughs> like this is clearly an aberration yeah. here. But for whatever reason, they somehow came up with, I'd say, arguably the best summer drink in that one day a year. I mean, I would certainly put it in the top five summer drinks yeah. because I'm a big fan also of, for instance, the Gin Ricky with gin, lime juice, and soda. Sure. Very Which refreshing. I would say like the same tree, right? Same, yeah, but same, without the sugar. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, there's also, I guess, the Kuiperina. Right. Which is very good. I, fair enough. I would say, lime. yeah, I would say that that... that general formula. Mm, they're all variations of punch. Right. And they go back to this idea of, you know, punch was originally citrus with sugar right. and uh, booze and water. That's delicious and yeah, refreshing. But absolutely. The, the Collins with the, uh, with, the, with the soda water makes it extra refreshing yeah. and big chunks of ice in it. Obviously, that same formula could work with whiskey and is, is good. Yeah, there's a whiskey Collins out there. That's okay. But, it, but there is something about you know, the clear spirits, you yeah. know, whether it's gin, vodka, tequila, you know, you know, cachaca, there's something about it in the summer. Back in Esquire, back during World War II, they wrote up uh, in their goings on about town. The guy dropped in at the bar of the Commodore Hotel, which is across from Grand Central. Oh, yeah. One afternoon in 1944, one hot summer afternoon. And he talked to the bartenders at the end of the evening rush, and they had served 1,100 Tom wow. Collinses. And so, that, and, yeah. <laughs> That says about all. This is before universal air conditioning, so uh, that was what you had. You know, the gin ricky is, is called air conditioner in a, in a glass, yeah. right? I mean, and I think it could be extended to the Tom Collins. Oh, hell yeah. You find a little bit of shade, 
you mix one of these up or a picture. Mm. I think part of it also lends itself that you can make them in kind of big batches. You and can. It, obviously, you don't want to the keep... The bubbles go flat down. Right, that's true. Or you could top it off. You know, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to keep exerting yourself on a really hot day. No, you don't want to move at all. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like the Tom Collins is very quintessential... East Coast drink, you know, like Connecticut, you know, parts of New England, you know. Yeah, it's very, a waspy establishment drink uh, yeah, to, I, to a good certain degree. I, do you think that other parts of the country, you know, I mean, obviously you can get a Tom Collins in other parts of the country, but do you think that it was as popular, you know, in, you know, in California? Well, I think for, for a while it was, yeah. but then it kind of retreated back to its natural habitat, <laughs> which is, you know, Westport, Connecticut. I was, was say, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Cos Cobb and, you know, right. maybe Manhasset, Long right, Island exactly. and, and uh, places like that. And because of that, I think it's sort of been a little bit forgotten almost in, in the in the rebirth of the cocktail, like, because it was so popular in certain parts of the country that I think some of these drinks, they became popular because they essentially died, right? And, they, yeah. you know, and for some of them, you know, to become... They became fetish drinks. Right. And yeah. it's like, you know, like rye whiskey. In order for it to become popular again, it almost literally mm-hmm. had to disappear. And it's like people love a rebirth. And with the Tom Collins, it, like it never totally went away. So it didn't necessarily need a rebirth. Yeah, you know? it was still being made during exactly. the disco years. Right. Uh, you know, I saw people drinking them. I rarely see people drinking them now in craft yeah. cocktail bars. With air conditioning, a lot of these summer drinks kind of lost a lot of their their rationale, like the mint julep, which was all ice. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like nobody drinks mint juleps anymore because you right. don't need to. You don't need all that ice. And that was very decadent, you know, yeah. sort of a, like a real luxury because oh, yeah. ice itself was a yeah, rare was, commodity yeah, and hard it to come by. everywhere, you know. And Basically, Europe and America, yeah. you know, all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you'd still be hard-pressed to get as much ice in a mint julep in certain parts of Europe today. I think there are whole towns in Europe that don't have enough ice to make a single mint julep <laughs> in the American style. It's true. It's true. I've been in bars in Scotland where they have a little box that they put on top of the bar, right. and that's their ice for the night. Yeah, it's about everybody. the size of a bread box. Right, exactly. Yeah, you get one cube. I think they'd be, I love what the mint julep is, that, that final little pat, right? The mm. little, like that last scoop after the drink is made. Just to make it look domed, you know, yeah, that perfect yeah. little. Just extra ice. Exactly. That little perfect snow cone yeah. top, you know, I think oh, Scottish makes... bartenders would have a fit. To, no, uh, that, that, that would be so wasteful. <laughs> it's like, that was, you know, that that was our ice for the whole night. Unbelievable. <laughs> like, oh, you, you also wanted ice? You didn't yeah. want me to use it for my mink tulip? Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Obviously now, you know, it's almost universally made with gin, right? Yeah. I mean, whether it's, you know. American like London major, Dry Gin. It's, London it's Dry, really usually. Good. Traditionally, though, it wasn't always made with gin. No, I mean, I mean the, the history of the Tom Collins is actually really interesting because it goes back to a very, very rowdy period in London history. Right. It was introduced from New York, this idea of mixing gin punch with seltzer water. Right. And it was this guy, uh, Richard Price, who was the uh, manager of the uh, Covent Garden Theater. But he was a New Yorker, a vulgar man. He liked to swear and strut around <laughs> and curse and throw things and right. and uh, was was kind of a pain in the ass. But uh, he had run the uh, Park Theater here in New York. And uh, he goes to London to run this theater. 
and uh, doesn't do well at that. And he ends up being the manager of the Garrick Club, which was the club founded for uh, aristocrats to hang out with actors. Right. You know, so they could kind of hang out with the with the fast, sporty people, you know, and it was a place for them. And it still exists. I've never been able to get in there, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not fancy enough. Well, maybe this podcast will, yeah, that, will engender an invitation for both it of will, us. And, and we'll, we'll go there and we'll drink uh, gin at the, at the Garrick Club. But anyway, Price was a New Yorker and he brought this idea of making gin punch with cold soda water. Right. And people in London were like, what? Cold soda water, I mean, obviously, has been around for a long time. Or like, Well, soda water was a fairly new thing as a commodity. You know, right. There were mineral springs that right, were carbonated. Right, right. Exactly. Like yeah. in France, you know, yeah. like, you know. And you would go there to drink the waters. Exactly. But like actually pre-bottled stuff yeah. was kind of new then. And and uh, and the ice was an American thing. Absolutely. And he, he said, you know, it's got the water's got to be heavily iced. Yeah. And that's how you cool your punch. You pour this really cold soda water in with gin. We don't have his – I guess we have his, his pretty close to his original recipe. It was uh, made with uh, Geneva originally because uh, he was an American and that's what we drank for gin. Right. We didn't drink English gin. We thought that was kind of crap. <laughs> we liked our, our Dutch gins, you know, right. the really malty ones. Which and, is almost like halfway between whiskey and gin. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. Of, it's, it's a lightly flavored whiskey. Right. And so originally it was it was with Geneva and then he learned to use Old Tom gin, which was the highest quality English gin available and the strongest. And, uh, you know, mixed it with some lemon juice and uh, soaked the lemon peel a little bit in the gin. Even something like the oleosaccharum where, you know, you're using the lemon peel and you're getting yeah. the oils out and the sugar. Probably was because lemons were really expensive, right? I mean, so lemons you, were expensive. Yeah, you wanted to use literally yeah. forget nose to tail. Like you wanted to use, you know, stem to pit. You know, for yeah. these, for, you know, <laughs> like you wanted to use every little bit of the fruit. And it was also a little bit of a master's touch. You right. know, it would it, it, it was it was good. Uh, and yeah, lemons. You you want to get everything you can out of it. And yeah. They didn't use a lot of juice. Uh, they also used maraschino to sweeten it, which was the. Right. Uh, that was like the Saint Germain of its day. It was <laughs> it was the hot new liqueur or whatever right. you know, Ancho Reyes of its right, day. Right. Uh, so it was it was so the trendy like, liqueur. So, and maraschino obviously is like cherry liqueur. Like, yeah, but funky. Not sweet. Like I mean, it, it's sweet-ish, but not like. Yeah, it's not sugary because yeah. there's so much funky taste in it. They also yeah. use a lot of the I think the pits right of the pits and even the leaves and the, yeah. yeah the stems. Uh, yeah, uh, they use all kinds of stuff to make it, and yeah. uh, that that gives it this sort of musky taste. Exactly. And so uh, a little bit of maraschino in there, some little bit of right. sugar, lemon peel, lemon juice, and uh, Getting thirsty. And, and, yeah. and chilled soda. That's the yeah. original one. Right. But then it kind of goes out and about in right. London and circulates. And uh, one of the places that, that specializes in it, Limmer's Hotel, this guy Limmer had founded it. He was a waiter in coffee houses in the 18th century. And those coffee houses were very rowdy places. Right. They weren't just drinking coffee. They were drinking punch. <laughs> they were drinking wine. They were drinking beer. They were gambling. They were doing all this crazy stuff. Why do you think they were called coffee houses if it was? Well, because they started with coffee. Yeah. And they weren't uh, ale houses and right. they weren't inns or taverns. Right. They were kind of a third place. And originally in the 1600s in London, they didn't regulate spirits because English didn't drink spirits. So it was something right. new. So at the coffee houses, when they wanted to get alcohol in, they didn't get beer or wine, which right. had needed licenses. They got in punch. That was going to be my answer, too. But I yeah. wanted to see if we had the same answer to that question. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> 
But anyway, so uh, so this Limmer's Coffee House, a place that was frequented by army officers who were yeah. all gentlemen, uh, you know, uh, had titles and things and all these dukes and earls and any tradesmen or common people who tried to get in would get thrown out by the one-legged doorman. <laughs> he lost his leg at Waterloo. Hey. All right, man. So, you know, fair enough. I remember your article that you, you wrote for the Daily Beast about the Tom Collins, I guess maybe last summer. Give last summer, yeah. And I think, you know, you talk that you make the comparison that they're kind of like not unlike the bros that you'd find in Connecticut, sort of waspy bros. Yeah. Of like, Super entitled. Right. Uh, so it's, it's willing kind of, to misbehave. It's interesting how the Tom yeah. Collins has found its yeah. audience no matter what <laughs> century right. it's That's in. Right. That's but right. it attracts That's a certain right. type of – difference know. between these bros is uh, because they were in the army, uh, every once in a while they'd be called upon to stand in front of their men and get shot at. Wow. Which, right. you know, sure. and that was the th- one thing you had to do right. as an officer. You had to stand in front. Right. <laughs> you know, you had to lead from the front. And that's different from yeah. our bros who are sure. not really good at that kind of thing. Right. And I think also you pointed out in that story that sometimes when they were deep in their, I guess, coffee cups, um, occasionally somebody would pull out a pistol and – yeah, there was there was there was marksmanship in the in in the bar at the at Limmers. I was going to say the yeah. clock that was a frequent. Yeah, the, the Marcus uh, Marquis of Waterford uh, shot a hole in the clock, and they left the bullet in there. He also used to shoot at the uh, church tower across the street. What else did he do? He shoveled coals from the fireplace onto the carpet. Oh, right, uh, which was a nice thing to do. Totally. He also hired, I believe, a. Uh, Scotch bagpiper to pl- to walk into the the room, play the bagpipes as loud as he possibly could while taking all of his clothes off. Um, <laughs> Basically, Limmers was the first fraternity house. Yeah, completely, no, right? completely. Yeah. Maybe not the first, right. but it was it, it was, was a there. big one. Yeah. yeah, and uh, the guy who was presiding all over this was a guy by the name of John Collin, right. who uh, was born around 1870, died in 1843, and uh, John Collin was a Londoner and a jolly soul who he had to be, you know, yeah. to put up with all these these assholes and uh he was uh, uh he, he was known for his mixtures and one of them was his gin punch right and by the uh 1860s that gin punch you know after he's dead got a slang name of john collins you know it was his specialty and he was popular and there was a song about him or a poem so should we actually be calling it do you think the john collins of the tom collins well there are two collinses right the, like any good story. the John Collins, when it right. got over here, was made with Geneva, right. which is what we drank, this Dutch-style gin. Like we said, you know, that was what we liked in America. We didn't like that, that English stuff. But we were starting to learn to like the English stuff. And in the 1870s, it's first here over here in the 1860s. 1870s, it really catches on. And uh, Old Tom Gin is catching on. So right. people start making it with Old Tom Gin, this lightly sweetened London dry, basically. Got it. And then there's an, an American bit of broish sporting life that has to do with this, too, is in 1874, somebody came up with a, a bar game. Back then, if you went to one cocktail bar or one bar to have a cocktail, you'd go usually along the cocktail route in your town, which sure. was a string of bars. Like right. here in New York, if you're in the East Village, you might go to 
Death and Company and then PDT right. and then, you know, a couple other bars sure. and uh, make your way around around the pouring area. Pouring ribbons, yeah. Yeah, pouring ribbons, exactly. And uh, and that would be fun for everybody. Absolutely. Uh, so back then, uh, you'd see somebody come in uh, and if they weren't in on the joke, you'd say, uh, I'd say, hey, Noah. I, you just missed uh, Tom Collins. He was saying some terrible shit about you. I can't believe it. You should go find him. Right. And it's like, what do you mean go find him? Right. And, and well, he just went to Pouring Ribbons. Right. And so you'd go over to Pouring Ribbons and the bartender, and you ask the bartender, hey, do you see Tom Collins, this guy Tom Collins here? He's saying terrible stuff about me. And the bartender would kind of, you know, wink at the other people at the bar and go, oh, uh, yeah, he just went down to PDT. Right. You know, and then you'd go down to PDT and then they'd send you right. over to uh, Swift. Right, and, exactly. Uh, you know, and, and and it would go on. Right. Until you caught on. That was like a big joke. It sounds really dumb. <laughs> but it, that was before I can phones. only imagine how angry the person would be when they got to the third or fourth bar. Yeah, yeah. and, and they when they caught on that they've just been running around like an idiot. And that's probably how the clock got a bullet in it. But, yeah, yeah that's a different yeah, story. That's a different story. <laughs> so, anyway, that thing kind of influenced the name of the drink, too. Right. Because that, that was really popular. There were songs about, you know, chasing for Tom Collins and all right. that kind of stuff. Maybe we should restart that game. I mean, yeah, I know. forget about icing people with uh, smeared off ice. We should be telling them, yeah, like, hey, uh, yeah. this Tom Collins guy was right here. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to come up with a new name. Yeah. We'll, we'll work on it. Like, the Count Negroni was just here. <laughs> yeah. Very <laughs> mean. Like, he's not yeah. very nice, man. Not very nice. And he said some terrible things about you. <laughs> it's very bitter. He's yeah. very bitter. Very bitter. Very bitter, this man. By then, you know, the Tom right. Collins was kind of established. And it became, the if you look through, like, 19th century bartender's guides, the John Collins was with Geneva. The right. Tom Collins was with the old Tom. And I've seen also, like, the Jan Collins, you know, like, people, I, I don't know, I guess people, oh, yeah. like, riff off of that. You know, obviously, that would be, I guess, with Aquavit or... or yeah, and know, then some, there's or, like or Wayne vodka. Collins. My friend Wayne Collins is one of the, uh, <laughs> the uh, top bartenders in the cocktail revival right. in England. And he had his version. Eventually, Geneva disappeared in the American market, right. and the John Collins became the bourbon version. Oh. Ultimately, if you asked for a John Collins, it would be made with. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking until recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the old bartender days. Right, exactly. Like bartender. <laughs> I want a John Collins. <laughs> Get down the, there. You, you know, go, Bob. The IW Harper, the yeah. blow it off, yeah. you know, four roses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Pour it in. Yeah, little uh, you know, fake uh, lemon juice from the little from like, the, plastic lemon. Exactly. Uh, then you'd put some foam on top, some like head. Oh know? yeah. You know? I was thinking maybe like a little bit of sweet and low. You know, just yeah. a little stir it up. Yeah. Mm, uh, delicious. Those, those were the days. What is your preferred Tom Collins recipe? Do you? I go with two ounces of a really. Big London dry gin, yeah. like you know, the Tanquerays, the beef eaters of this world. Well, you you uh, want it to stand uh, up, Junipero like as, is right, very like, much like that. Like as yeah. the ice melts, the water you well, want. It I to make it, it, you know, and I'll try. To, I'll put that in a sixteen ounce column glass, right. not in a pint glass. Like I, I like it to be tall and yeah. narrow. Uh, if I could do a, a big one, a really big one, yeah. you know, that would be four ounces of gin in like a twenty four ounce glass. But for the two ounce, for the for the regular one, I would do the maybe. The juice of half a lemon, so three quarters of an ounce. I usually don't, you know, I, I like yeah. to just squeeze the lemon in there. Yeah, exactly. And however much juice that is, that's fine for me. Stir in a little bit of sugar. And uh, I build it in the glass. I don't yeah. like to shake it first. Uh, I think that's unnecessary. Bunch of ice and fill it up with very cold soda. Yeah. 
nice hard carbonation. You want yeah, that kind of exactly. the harder the better. Yeah. You know, fresh little bottle or a can or something. Uh, I, I don't know. It's kind of like I was just in Japan and obviously they're kind of obsessed with highball culture. And yeah. I think that Tom Collins is kind of um, very similar to kind of a highball, right? Like yeah. I mean, a similar idea where it's ice. You know, yeah, it just has soda. the citrus in it. It's exactly. Like citrus and, and sugar. But. We're, we're in a bar, uh, not a very fancy sort of bar restaurant that people would go to like right after work to grab, you yeah. know, a little bite and a drink. And, and the highballs came in, I have to say, some of the largest glasses I've ever seen I with handles. That. Like yeah. like something from, you know, Oktoberfest. Yeah. You know, and it had like <laughs> one of the Suntory, you know, the the – one of their blended whiskey, you know, mm-hmm. labels on the Kukuman or whatever, you know, the original one and giant glass. Like, I mean, maybe 60 ounces. I don't know. It's like one of those like that you get at Starbucks. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. usually equal to the size of an average person's, you know, stomach. Like, yeah. how much you can. And it was just full of ice. And it was, you know, probably, I don't know, four to one, you know, club soda to, to whiskey. It was, it was that perfect sounds, that for, you know, warm. Yeah. I think kind of the Tom Collins, the same way for me, like, you know, if it's really hot out, you know, even even more, you know, ice, more yeah. club soda. Yeah. Maybe. I like a lot of soda. Yeah, you know, I, li- I like it. It's just a big, huge yeah. drink, you know. Yeah. And it, it, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. I'd say it's like the temperature goes up, the, yeah. the amount of like all the other ingredients, I, you know, keep adding and then keep the gin around two ounces or so, or two yeah. and a half ounces. And that's something kind of just sort of lingers on you know through that yeah, and then you hydrate cools you off and uh you watch the glass sweat you watch yourself yeah. sweat my one pet peeve about it is sometimes you get it and there's a nice thin layer of sugar at the bottom like almost like a fish tank sand mm-hmm. and like it's just like you gotta stir it up like a lot yeah I mean, it, it really, takes some stirring yeah or yeah. even simple i mean syrup. usually i'll want to build them i'll start with the yeah. lemon juice and the sugar together yeah, exactly and stir those first right and that that solves that problem well, well. you know after you know like somebody yeah. just sort of pours it in the sugar in yeah. afterwards and settles and you get that yeah. little you don't uh, want the alcohol in when you're dissolving the sugar because sugar doesn't dissolve in alcohol so you start with the lemon juice and the sugar, stir them yeah. up really good, yeah. and then pour in the gin, add the ice, soda, yeah, top exactly. it off. So, you know, you can garnish it if you want. Uh, I'm not a big believer in garnishes. It seems a little wasteful to me. Yeah. I don't snack on them. <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever put um, Angostura in? Like a little you can bit? top it with Angostura. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a great little addition. There are other ones you can do. You can use uh, syrups. Sure. Uh, yeah. That's the uh, the home ec guys of the nineteen uh, fifties were big on that. Like Esquire magazine used to always have like use a green syrup and you'll right. have a absolutely beautiful Tom Collins. <laughs> <laughs> what was the green syrup made of? You can use mint syrup right. or, or just like simple syrup with green food coloring. Right, of course, well, <laughs> yeah. who doesn't want that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds amazing. Yeah, um, totally going to do that. You I put some blue curacao. <laughs> That doesn't hurt. That would be amazing. Yeah. Turn into basically a pussy cafe where yeah. you're layering different sugar syrups. Um, don't, and then let the person stir it up themselves. Exactly. Or not. Just or drink not. down the syrup. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Angostura, I love putting a little bit even like uh, Dark and Stormy, different yeah. drinks. There's something about it. Yeah, like a, little, like a swizzle, which exactly. is, is also a, from the same family of right. drinks where you use a swizzle stick to stir it all up. But it's basically uh, gin or rum with lime juice, uh, sugar or syrup, and 
and and, and again, you know, lots of ice and water, uh, soda water. Uh, those were often topped with like a lot of Angostura yeah. bitters. Yeah. You know, you get a nice layer of red oh, yeah. on top, which yeah. I which I kind of like. Yeah, for sure. Especially you know when it's hot, it's nice. Today is definitely a, a Tom Collins day, I have to say. Oh, yeah. So I think hot and humid. Hot and humid. You and I should put on our seersucker suits. Make fans out of the Wall Street Journal's, uh, you know, the stock section. Yep, yep, yep. Stir up some uh, Tom Collins. Stir up some Tom Collinses. Sit on the porch yep. or the stoop. Talk about banking. Exactly. <laughs> That's what we love to do. Yeah. I love, you know, ETFs, you Those know. Those interest rates aren't adjusting themselves, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when Dave talks about uh, balloon mortgages, you know, yeah. we save it all for the summer. So that we're going to start another podcast just for July and yeah. August yeah. about uh, interest rates. I'm sure it will be very, very popular. It'll be the Daily Beast interest rate observer and gin companion. Exactly. <laughs> look out for that soon. Yeah. And uh, look out for other episodes of Life Behind Mars. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.